Hey, this is Cody. And Kevin. And Franklin. Thanks for joining us on the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Pull up a chair and hang out as we talk about who Jesus is and what that means for our lives. Hello and welcome to the Conversations on Jesus podcast. I'm Kevin and as always, I'm here with Franklin and Cody. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you, Franklin? I'm doing great. Good. So this episode, uh, we are wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 7 of Matthew, starting in verse 13, and we're going to go through the end of the Sermon on the Mount. This will be cool. Um, So I'll kick us off here. Uh, Starting in uh, chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus says, continuing, obviously preaching uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, he says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. What is Jesus saying there? What do you guys see? I think that Jesus is saying that uh, take the path less traveled mm-hmm. because the path less traveled is the path that leads to um, kingdom-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- when I initially read it, I think of, well, take the path less traveled because the path less traveled leads to success in what you're going to do, and that's the worldly way to look at it. Oh, that's, yeah, sure. So the worldly way that it gets spun a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um but what I, what he's saying is that when you're you're walking through the narrow gate because the narrow gate isn't for everybody and that it's for the people who are uh linked at the hip with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he says specifically the narrow for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. Destruction. Yeah. And narrow or small and narrow is the road that leads to life. So there's destruction and there's life. And Jesus in uh, John's gospel, he says that he's the, well, he's the life. He is the life. And so it would make sense exactly what you said that people, I can't, well, you just said it, linked at the hip, I think is how you put it, with Jesus. That of course, if you're connected with Jesus, then you're going to have life. Mm -hmm. And that, from what Jesus says here, uh, only a few find it, which is maybe we can talk about how that works, but it's the narrow gate. It's not the wide i mean where i i think what he's saying is the wide meaning well maybe i'm having trouble figuring out what he's saying earlier in chapter seven i went to the king james to help understand like the the dogs and the pigs and that one i did the same here mm-hmm. and so but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life translates to in king james for for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life yeah and so that was like mm, that's where i can relate to it is like it, the the life a way of life isn't going to be easy and that's not what jesus is saying here he isn't saying life's going to be butterflies and roses right yes like that's what I, you yes. know what i mean he's not saying that yep. just because you believe in him life's going to be easy right he's not saying that at all he i mean he's saying the opposite right he's admitting that following him is challenging right that living a kingdom life is not easy and we're going to be stretched because we choose to live that life and in living that life, it's going to to be worth it, right? But it's not going to be easy. And kind of like we talked about last episode, like just like God is going to give us good gifts, right? We might not think it's so good, yeah, but it is good because it's from God, right? <laughs> Same thing here, right? Like it's not going to be easy to walk this life, right? It's easy to walk towards destruction. Then is the flip side. I mean, not to, I don't mean to cut you off, no, yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. Well, and that, like I said, it was just. 
you know, referencing the a diff, slightly different wording yeah. to help me understand mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah. yeah, this life is going to be hard, uh, but it's going to be f- worth it and, and fulfilling right. to, to follow that calling. And Jesus, like I said, isn't sitting here being, Hey guys, you know, the, the gate's narrow, but if you follow me, ah, kick back, relax. Right. I got the wheel. Just hold on tight. He's not saying he's, this is going to be a, a bumpy road. We're in a cart with metal around the wheels, going over rocks, <laughs> being drawn by a horse. Yeah. You're going to feel every bump because there's no cushion. Right. And at the same time of saying all that, I'm, I'm driving this cart for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. You're never alone. Yeah. The same Jesus says, cast your burdens on me for my, and take my yoke upon you for my yoke is light says, this is going to be difficult. He also says, take up your cross and follow me. Take up the instrument that they're using to put people to death in and follow me or or to, to put to death on is the, yeah, it's the same Jesus here saying exactly what Cody has just been saying. You want life good, follow Jesus, but don't think that the road to life is no problems. It's actually filled with problems. And, <laughs> well, and, 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 and I think the, that's, I mean, we laugh at it, right? But like, that's the, I think an easy expectation mm-hmm. of, you know, I'm, I'm going to enter in this relationship with Jesus and he's just going to, he's going to take my burdens away and life's going to be great. Right. I mean, it's true, but not the way that we think it is. Right. But that temptation is still there. Right. Those, those things that are going to try and draw us away from Jesus are still there. And, and so, like you said, it's like, it is, but it isn't. Right. There's a lot of duality to that statement of what we're yeah. talking about. It's the um, paradox of the Christian life. It's not easy to find life. It's actually very difficult. But with Jesus, he's done everything for you. So all you need to do is follow him. That's the easy part. The tough part is everything that comes with it is that you don't escape sickness and you don't escape sorrows in this life and you don't escape all those negative things. You actually get all that. Plus you get joy and you get pleasure and all those things at the same time. You, you have it, you have life to the full. You have an abundant life now, which comes with negatives and positives with Jesus. If you want if you want just a um, do whatever you want, don't worry about the world, then that's the wide road and it's easy. But just so we're all on the same page, that road leads to destruction mm-hmm. it is what Jesus is saying here. If you want that, fine, know where it goes. And it's not to life, it's to death. Yeah. And it, like just thinking about like what that what this looks like and how the world is, you know, taking some of the things. And it's like I think of like sports or whatnot, mm-hmm. like people, I mean professional athletes always saying, you know, you got to put in the work, right? It's a, I mean, it's not easy, but right. if you put in the work, then you'll, you'll do it. Or the, like you said, the path less traveled, right? Like that's a common thing or good things never come easy. Right. Right. Like different phrases or different things in the world that it's like, Hmm, I wonder where they got that from. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty clear. Pretty clear. Oh, Jesus says it right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even, um, (laughs) this is so, well, whatever. So Robert Frost, the poet, with that The Road Less Taken poem, I don't know if you guys are, you probably heard it or read it, Um, but he said, so the end of the poem says, 
uh, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That's his, at least in that poem, that's his view, I think, of life. Now, does he have, is that a Christ-like perspective? I have no idea. I don't know anything about Robert Frost other than he was a poet and he wrote this poem. But that's similar to what Jesus is saying here. Mm-hmm. You, it's not the road, well, it is the road less traveled by. Right. It's only if you find it, yeah. Compared to the- Alternative. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you mentioned only if you find it in that. We might want to discuss that. Yeah, because, <laughs> so- what I have, what I've worked through for a long time is trying to harmonize things like this that's said in the Gospels, where only a few find it. Many actually find destruction, but a few find life. With what God promises Abraham in the Old Testament, that look up into the sky and count the stars, and if you can count them, that's as many as your family is going to be. And then He actually says that happens later on in Numbers, I think. Um, he says that your family has grown to be that many, which I don't necessarily understand that. But fast forward all the way to the book of Revelation. The apostle John writes that he turned and looked to see the number of people that were with the Lord. And it says that it was a, a multitude greater than he could count. That's how many believe in Jesus. Um, like what is the number? You can't count that high. But so I don't, I don't have a good way to harmonize that right now with what Jesus is saying and that only a few find it here. I don't think that they're in contradiction with one another, but I, I don't have a good understanding of how to put those together right now. How each of their context can both be true. Yeah. I would say it's like the ratio, maybe. Okay. Like the overall world oh, population throughout the world yeah. and the amount of believers in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there could be Okay, so there could be in relation to the many who find destruction, a few, but that few is still a multitude a that multitude. no one could count. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, I could yeah, go I mean, and even looking past, only if you find it makes. I mean, with the headings like true and false prophets, true and false disciples, wise and foolish builders, mm-hmm. makes me think of like earlier Jesus says, "I won't claim that I know you." Oh, later on. Oh. Or right. later At on. Yeah, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you know Jesus is like. There's a lot of people that claim they know me, Mm -hmm. but I don't know them, but I don't know them. Yeah. And like, it makes me wonder if, you know, that's maybe where the reference is going Mm -hmm. of they claim they know Jesus, right? but in, in their hearts, they're not right with him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. Yep. Uh, true and false prophets. So then he says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they, they are ferocious wolves by their fruit. You will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit, you will recognize them. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Franklin? So my my inward my first thought goes to um, they come to you in sheep sheep's clothing yeah but inwardly they're ferocious wolves just that analogy is eye-opening you know uh just Mm -hmm. just in life someone can look to be your friend but they're not you know so right it's just crazy to yeah i mean yeah and that's who jesus says false prophets are is that they look one way but really underneath 
they're, well, they look like a sheep. Mm -hmm. I mean, just use the language that Jesus used. They look like a sheep, but they are really a ferocious or ravenous wolf. They hate you. They hate God. Um, They, and wolves attack sheep. They don't have any good in store for you. Like they want to eat you, which is how the world works. But here in talking about false prophets, so somebody who comes speaking the words of God, saying that they are speaking on behalf of God, but their life is totally absent from any word of God or or the kingdom of God in them is totally absent from them. They are in Jesus's mind here. They're a false prophet. They're somebody who says that they are um, a messenger for God when they're not. They're actually against him. And they want nothing more than to attack the sheep of God, the people of God, and eat them up. And he says we ought to be, we ought to watch out for them. In the kingdom of God, which is a crazy thing, in the kingdom of God, we need to watch out for false prophets yeah. because they exist. And and how do we know them? Jesus says, look at their fruit. Basically, how do you know that a tree is good? You don't go ask it. The tree's not going to tell you. And a false prophet is not going to tell you that he or she is a false prophet. Look at the fruit that they produce. If an apple tree is producing oranges, then you know that that's not an apple tree anymore. You call it by its name. You're an orange tree. Like somebody claiming that they're speaking the words of God, that they're trying to lead people to God, are actually drawing them away, speaking contrary to what the Bible says, then call them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Jesus isn't calling us to fight with people all the time, but I think he's saying care for the sheep, you know, in the kingdom of God, you ought to look out for the kingdom of God. And part of that means being honest with what's going on. Yeah. Uh, what spoke to me here is this idea of Jesus says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no in between, like Jesus is talking life or death. It's either, you know, fruit that's good or fruit that's bad. That's destroyed by fire. Right. And it's like, there's no, like in, you're either with him yeah. or you're not. Right. And the if you're not leads to the wide gate that leads to destruction, which leads to bad fruit. And like, I think it's, it's neat here where, you know, Jesus clearly wants you to know by their fruit, you'll recognize them. Right. He says it twice. Yeah, exactly. In in five verses here, mm-hmm. by their fruit, you will recognize them. Yep. And it's like pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, there's no like, hmm. I don't know if they're a good or bad person. Right. Like Jesus, like you're going to recognize them based on their actions and what they do. And because that stuff is going to come through, even if like, if their heart is in a bad place, it's still going to come through and you'll be able to recognize that. Right. Even if they are, you know, dressed in sheep's clothing. Right. So uh, yeah, it was neat to break that apart and just like figure, like see like there is, it's not an in-between. Yeah. You sit on the, the fence and borderline could be, a sh- you know, a sheep and could be a wolf. Right. I was like, you're it's one or the other, a sheep or you're a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing. That's right. Yeah. A false prophet doesn't sometimes bear good fruit. <laughs> no, it's, it's poison all the time. And then, okay. So then continuing, uh, Jesus says not everyone. So, so continuing the same context here, right? There's no breaks for Jesus. He is well, 
we kind of talked about that the last episode. Assuming he's saying these things one after the other, and, and Matthew hasn't organized them for a particular reason, Jesus continues and says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So it sounds like to me, there are people who can prophesy and perform miracles in the world that don't have any meaningful relationship with Jesus, although they're doing things in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, they can. I mean, they can call on his name and a miracle might happen. But does that mean it's necessarily because of Jesus? Right. That's yeah. the question that I've always wrestled right. with. Yeah. And right. I just did we not prophesy in your name? I wonder if Jesus, what he means by that is, yeah, that's what they say. But they obviously aren't, you know, like the the magicians back in the day with Moses, when he did the things, uh, the miracles and stuff with Pharaoh, the magicians did the same miracles up to a certain point. They could turn their staff into a snake and they could, uh, I can't, I'm blanking on them right now, but they could do a number of the things that Moses could up to a certain point. Then his staff swallowed up theirs and, and the rivers of blood and everything. But there seems to be in this weird world that we live in people who can in a, uh, sheep, clothing clothed like a sheep but a wolf inside can do things that look like it's the work of god when it is not yeah well and i think i think back to right like the enemy only knows deception Mm -hmm. and so he's going to clothe his wolves in sheep's clothing right and so then i mean king james again it says not all who sound religious are really godly people right and like godly people the godly is lowercase meaning well, it's not God the Father. It's must be someone else. Mm-hmm. And so then at that point, it's like it's the enemy giving his people who worship him the authority to, to do these things, and they're dressed as a sheep, right? And so it's like it's whether or not they obey the Father in heaven or whether they obey a, a different master. Yeah, and, and Jesus says he's going to tell them plainly. So he's going to make it abundantly clear that at a certain point, when they say, Lord, Lord, he's, he's not, it's not going to be like, uh, I knew you a little bit, but then you drifted away. I never knew you. I never had any relationship, any saving relationship with you, any meaningful relationship with you that, we, that you projected or made people think or even maybe thought you had. You never, right. you didn't know me, therefore I never knew you and away from me. You know, he can't abide by that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like you said, it is, it is crazy to think that there could be miracles on earth that not from Jesus. Right. But are called on by Jesus name. Right. And it's like, that's, yeah. They'll drive out demons right. in the name of Jesus. And that won't be because of, well, and I don't know how that works out. Right. But, and that's where it's the, not because they know him. Right. They just use the right language. Um, okay. So then the last section here, Jesus says, therefore, so he's in, um, there's been an interesting little pattern um, that comes up in starting in verse 13, we have the first of four like positive and negative or the real and the false coming. So we, we saw the, the wide gate versus the narrow gate. And then in 15 through 20, we saw true and false prophets based on good and bad fruit. And then in 21 through 
23 that we just looked at, we saw um, people who say they do things in the name of the Lord when they really don't. So they're uh, true and false disciples. And then here we have wise and foolish builders. So Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So again, there's two types of people. There's a wise person and a foolish person, and they're differentiated not based on one who heard Jesus and one who didn't hear Jesus. Both groups hear Jesus, but one group puts into practice what he says, and the other group doesn't. And it makes sense to me that Jesus would say this at the end of his little teaching section here to say basically everything that I've said here you either put it into practice and you're a wise person or you don't and you're a fool, which is, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's that, you know, like in their, in their heart, are they living out and abiding by the, the kingdom lifestyle? Right. And are they not abiding? It's not the right word, but are they choosing to live? The, yeah. The I think it's lifestyle? the right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. And, and like you said here, it's like, okay, you just heard all this. Mm-hmm. Now it's your choice. Are you going to walk this road with me or not? Right. If not, hey, good luck. Right. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like about our, like the beautiful thing about being in relationship with Jesus is that we, we have the free will, you know, it's not that God doesn't let us stumble, but when we do stumble, he's going to help us through those stumbles and bring us back up. So like Cody said, you're either wise or you're not. I agree with what you guys are saying. Jesus is plainly saying, look, everybody's going to build their house. You're either going to build it on sand or on stone. I've presented to you the two choices. Are you going to listen to me or not? Yeah. And then it's on them. Jesus has laid out the path before you, the wide, the narrow, uh, the true, the false. How many examples do you guys want to see? You know, basically, do, do you want to know what false prophets look like? Good. I'll tell you what they look like too. So you can recognize it when you see it in people. Do you want to know how to, how to judge among you to keep this thing going the way that it's supposed to? I'll show you how to do that. Do you want to know the way that you relate to the old Testament law? I'm going to show you how to do that. And then at the very end, okay, now we're going to step forward and live this thing out. And you're either going to follow what I said or you're, you're not, but I'm going to make it clear to you that this is on you. Whatever you choose is based on what you're going to do. You know, this is your choice here. Yeah. And, and you're either going to build your house on some sand. And I'm telling you that when the streams come and the waters bang against that house and the wind and everything, your house is going to crumble. If it's on the rock, which Jesus is the rock, then it's going to stand. Not because of what you have done, but because of where your house is placed, where you built your house. Yeah. You build your house on me, and that's a metaphor for doing what I've told you to do. Yeah. You know? It's like, where, yeah, where do you get your, your foundation? I mean, like, if we put a, a newborn baby into the woods, which sounds absurd. Yeah. Like, that baby is going to grow up differently than a baby who grows up in a loving household. Right. And that's, it's an yeah. extreme example, right. but it's, you know, it, I think it's the same thing that Jesus is teaching here. Like, where are you putting your, your life at? Yep. Mm -hmm. So then end of it, when Jesus 
had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So that's Matthew's comment on what had just happened. Right. Yeah. He's like, whoa, that like people recognize this. Mm-hmm. And so then when I was reading that, it was like, what does it mean to teach with authority? Mm-hmm. One was question one. And then how or what did the teachers of the law that Matthew's referring to, how did they teach? Yeah. So then it's like, from what I gathered, um, the teachers of the law, they primarily quoted. That's and, right. And they didn't really come with any fresh revelation. That's right? right. So when I heard that, or when I read that, I was like, oh, so like they basically just memorized and were able to repeat it, mm-hmm. but they didn't really teach how that applies to life. So here, go memorize this and that'll do you good. Figure it out what it means in your life, but memorize it, make sure you memorize it. Yeah. And then you, you know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, so that's what he meant by teachers of the law. Right. Like, yeah. People who just, you know, the, the teachers at the time were like, this is what the, the, the law says. Right. And then Jesus comes in and he says, oh, yeah, this is what the law says, but this is what it means. Yeah. And he said, so that what, what you're saying is absolutely right. So they would say, I'm telling you this based on what this rabbi said and this rabbi said, and this rabbi said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in line with them. What Jesus has said is you've heard it say, but I say to you, which is totally different from any rabbi at that time. It's taking ownership of what's said. Exactly. And not, oh, this is what we've heard. So this is what we should do. Mm -hmm. And they believed what they were. It's not like the rabbis were like, "Uh, I don't care about it. Right. It's just that was the style of. That's how they they taught and and passed things on. And Jesus was way different. He's Mm -hmm. not teaching in somebody else's name. He's saying, I say to you. Right. And, and rightly so. Exactly. I mean, if, if the others rabbis before him were to do that, yep. I don't, I mean, it wouldn't have the, the authority yeah. or power that it did with Jesus. Right. Right. It gets me, um, it says that the crowds were amazed at his teaching, which can be a positive or a negative. I think of John the Baptist and calling out Herod and saying, um, about the marriage and the, and the relationship. It says that Herod actually liked to listen to John the Baptist. It, he enjoyed listening to him, but he didn't agree with anything that he said, <laughs> which is such a, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can, I've had situations like that where based on how somebody talks and how they put things together, I don't mind listening to them, although I can totally disagree with them. Right. But this was an, this was like, they allowed their ears to be tickled where they enjoyed it, but nothing got in. And so does, does the crowds were amazed at his teaching mean that everybody went, oh, I see the light now. And I don't think it means that. I think that people were just recognized the teacher for what he was. Yeah. And some of them got it and some of them didn't. Yeah. Well, like I mean, it's hard to listen to, you know, someone who I don't like. Right. But they're teaching good things. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> the yeah, other that's way. Where, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. the opposite. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah. Like, because I'm like, yeah, you know, you're you're teaching good things. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like the way you teach it. Right. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wish you were good. a better teacher. Right. Like I just, we don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Whereas like you said, you know, there's the, there's the other side of it where it's like, you don't agree with what they said, but they're a good teacher. Right. And, you know, I think like you said, just with Jesus here, like they can, I mean, the way, it, you know, Matthew understood it, it's like they recognized that oh, Jesus, he knew how to, he knew how to speak. That's right. He knew how to teach. Yeah. And didn't matter if you, like you said, believed him or not. Like 
he taught as one who had authority to say the things that he said. Mm-hmm. And it's right. And it's that idea of like, you know, Jesus spoke with confidence and authority. Right. And so then yeah. they looked up to him because of that. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a purpose of speaking. It wasn't like he was trying to sway the crowd in a, in a direction. He was just, he was teaching. Right. He, he was just, um, uh, for lesser terms, spitting facts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, what what people were gonna grasp is they're either gonna grasp that what he said is the truth and the rock or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and like even in hearing you say like it makes me think of like okay the rabbis before him right they were teaching it right and they truly believed it mm-hmm. but had they experienced what it meant to be in God's family right right Jesus is speaking from experience right he's like look guys like this is what the kingdom is like. Yeah. Not this is what I've heard. You know, this is what, this is what we think it looks like. I tell you this. No, he's like, guys, like I, I've been there. Right. I know this. Come join me. Yep. (laughs) Flip the table. I know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Jesus was on a level that nobody else was on for Mm -hmm. sure. Still is. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. We finished it. Yeah. Nice. So then now, yeah, next episode, we're going to, you know, look into more of Jesus' life mm-hmm. in the three years. Continuing in the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Keep plugging away. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.